Hello and welcome to an episode of Cinema du Fromage. This is episode 30, the season three finale. We will be having uh, our debate show. It'll be Strange Brew from 1983 versus Dawn of the Dead, 1978. Our combatants tonight is the Canadian King Penguin. He will be going against his country and uh, he'll be repping Dawn of the Dead. And Joshua, who wants to... uh, to uh, move over to Canada, you'll be repping uh, Strange Brew 1983. And Too the right. judge will be both myself, Kente, and Jen. Let's get it on. All right, all right, all right. So, um, welcome to the show. Uh, of course, we're going to start off with our lovely judge, Jen. How you doing, Jen? She's muted. I'm mute. <laughs> I'm yeah. mute today. I'm doing great. I'm super excited to hear what you guys have to say about both of your movies. I promise I have not prejudged, so <laughs> change my mind, or I should say make up my mind. All right, all right, all right. And also, uh, this is, we'll go with the, the newbie, uh, Joshua, uh, who was a judge last year, right? I believe yes, I was. Yes, he was. Yeah, you were one of the judges. So he now- was a smart judge, too. I, yeah, I was also the tie-breaking judge, if I'm not That's mistaken. That's why I said you were the right. smart judge. <laughs> right. So now the judge now is a competitor. So oh, Now I actually have made up my mind. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, I kind of shot myself in the foot there. That's <laughs> and, okay. That's what we Canadians do nowadays. <laughs> and uh, and last but definitely not least, our returning champ, uh, King Penguin. How you doing, Hello. man? Oh, I wouldn't call myself a champ. I just had a good movie to to, to sell. That's all. And I'm doing great, aside from things. I'm, as we were discussing earlier, today's been a very weird day in Canadian politics with an election coming up uh, and our prime minister Sinister being, a dis- being a very big disappointment for quite a few people with his past suddenly coming up, which was weird that it took this long for it to show up. They, that should have been in the last election and pushed him away, but who knew? It's this, funny though that maybe the Russians did it. His his past is 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 considered a controversy, and our guy's past. Everyone's like, eh. No, you know what? We're getting a lot of that here. There's a lot of people saying, "Oh, that's nothing. Don't worry about it. it doesn't mean anything." I'm like, what? And now these guys are like dyed in the wool, you know, party members. So I expect that from them. But yeah. I'm really disappointed. So I'm sad. So I'm going to fight Strange Brew with a fury tonight. <laughs> oh, okay. Down right. with that Canadian garbage. <laughs> All, right. All right. Wow. All right. So um, we're going to start off with the um, the uh, season three awards, and these are these awards go to uh, individual. It's, uh, you know, individually we give out our awards. So. Um, and these go to different topics like worst film of the season, cheesiest film, least convincing actor, and such. So um, I'm going to start off. We're going to start off with you, King, uh, and we're going to go one at a time. So um, for you, what was the worst uh, film of the season? Oh, now you're asking me. I, you know, I, I wish I had that thing in front of me. Hold on a second. Because uh-huh. I filled it out, and I, I – I, oh, it's still here. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. Uh, edit my response so I can take a look at it. Here we go. Yeah. So the worst film, obviously, was Casino Royale. Um, 
a comedy that did not work on every level and just awful, just terrible, <laughs> bad, bad film. That that I don't need to say anymore because it was just that awful. And I think I think everyone agrees. I I'd be surprised if that's not the vote from everybody. But I pretty much yeah. think you know these happened. individuals. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and just say mine is Casino Royale as well. That was yeah. that was the worst film of this whole series. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. It's very much unwatchable. Actually, I think at um, at uh, Gitmo they could actually use that as a torture technique. <laughs> <laughs> That's less humane than uh, waterboarding. I understand. Right. It's like, no, give me the waterboard, please. <laughs> I'd so, rather feel like I'm drowning than watch this crap. Right. It's pretty bad. All right. So, what about you, Josh? Uh, wh- wh- what do you think the worst film of that you saw this year? Uh, for me, it was without a doubt Halloween three season of the witch. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's the only one that I watched where I'm like, okay, it's bad, but it's not so bad. I can watch this all the time. It's, it's. I hate myself for having to do this. And anything that can knock my self esteem that much, I think, wow. deserves <laughs> the award. That's so wow. surprising. I, I'm surprised too because I would have put Casino Royale. You, you, you weren't on the Casino Royale episode. You hadn't joined this yet. So I think if you saw that, you oh, probably, yes. I mean, I'd true. seen it before. It was not, like, not, no, not the James, not the one with. Uh, right. It was um, the Peter Sellers one, right? In the yeah. 90s, it was on like. Um, no, it's just they used to do the Saturday afternoon cinema. Okay. Oh, yeah, wow. there, and I was like, you know what, this is cheesy and stupid, and you know, at least it was a little fun. Mm. You know what, I thought that too, and then when I, I, I again, think you should rewatch it because I think yeah. it would change your opinion. That's However, fair. that's fair. It's a fair. It's a fair call because I had Halloween three next to Casino Royale. <laughs> All right, what about you, Jen? What was your worst film of the year? Definitely Casino Royale. I hated it. I didn't. I didn't just not like it. I actually hated it. Yes, I felt the same way. I mean, I disliked um, oh, what was that? Burnt offerings and the car. I, I disliked those ones. I hated Casino Royale. I hated. You know, I, I just like to make a, a point here, and that point is, Burnt Offerings was not even a movie in this season of Cinema du Fromage. I know, and but it sticks with me. Still talk about it. It sticks with me. I can't You know, I have to say, though, that this is one of those times when I believe that the power of cheesy cinema is so strong that sometimes you will remember it even when you hate it. So I would just like to individually at some point, we should definitely recognize the power of burnt offerings because damn, (laughs) awesome staying power. By that that reckoning. Um, and Casino Royale is going to exist forever because that is the goalpost for the most hated film, I right. think. All right, so uh, Joshua uh, excluded, of course. All right. So uh, number two is the cheesiest film of the season, and I'll start off. Uh, I gave it to the car. The car was, um, it, I would say, of all of the movies, and it was probably the cheesiest one. Uh, not the worst. Uh, but definitely the cheesiest of all the movies, I would say. So kudos to you, Jen, for picking uh, the <laughs> film. I think that was my choice too, actually. It was. It was. No, I mean, I think I chose that as the cheesiest as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know what? I did too. Yeah. Oh, so we all agree. Hold <laughs> uh, on, Joshua might once again be the 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 unanimous uh, breaker here. What was the? Yeah, you did choose that, Jen. Uh, what about you, uh, Josh? What was your cheesiest? 
my cheesiest movie of the year or of the season, Strange Brew. A little favoritism there, but that's cool. It is cheesy. Can't can't really uh, go into why at the moment because that's what the episode's about, right? Right. Don't want to. If I didn't think it was the cheesiest, why would I be arguing arguing for it later? Right. That's That's fair. That's fair. That that is definitely true. All right. So King, um, what was uh, number three? What was your least convincing actor? Well, I'm going to go with Plan 9's Bela Lugosi because I don't think he even knew he was in this film, which I know for a fact he didn't because this was put together after his death. But his scenes were um, really awful and his I, his sad old man thing where he's like... <laughs> his death by freeze frame and his walking out every five minutes and doing the cape thing made him the least convincing actor of the entire series. I, I definitely uh, wouldn't disagree too much. With that. <laughs> uh, what about you, uh, Josh? What was your least convincing, convincing actor? Um, I'm actually uh, going to edit my answer. Okay. Because I, I didn't think Bela Lugosi was um, eligible, mm. you know, for the reasons stated. Um, <laughs> <in> the film. <laughs> but yes, that that is absolutely. He's actually headlines that film. He's if you look at the cast and when they say it, Bela Lugosi is right on the top credit. And I was going to use the exact same reasoning, which was, you know, it didn't even seem like he knew he was in this movie. <laughs> Uh, it's almost like you took the idea for my brain and put it in your mouth. So that's, uh, <laughs> that is also my my winner. All right. What about you, Dan? What was the least convicting, convincing? Uh, I think that I chose David Nevin in the no. uh, in Casino that's Royale. Fair. That's fair. I, I mean, there were so many good contenders for this season for that particular award that I almost don't think you could go wrong choosing most of the lead actors, but uh, except for Dead Zone. Well, I'll give it that. Um, <laughs> but almost everybody else, oh my gosh, the, just the levels of, of sort of, I, I don't even know how people sometimes participate in these movies. They must come up with some actor conviction so that they can play these parts. But I, wherever that comes from, uh, it's just, they're better than I am because I couldn't <laughs> even imagine it. But the reason that I chose David Nevin is because, God, I, I, I actually sort of started feeling bad for him about halfway through the movie when I thought, you know, is he, he really is trying, isn't he? No, 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 he really isn't. And, and he was being paid for that, too. Oh, it's so sad. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so he definitely gets my uh, he gets my least convincing actor of all, and and like I said, you know that's a that's a pretty it's a big list of contenders that we've had for this season. So something clearly, although I can't disagree with you guys either, Bella Lugosi, but I can't choose Bella Lugosi because he was convincing at being unconvincing. So <laughs> I yeah. don't think that was his plan. That's the thing. I don't think it was his plan either. Right. Well, I, I picked James Brolin from the car. Uh, <laughs> and anybody who knows, James Brolin is not one of my favorite actors. His son is, but uh, James Brolin is not a very good actor. 
and uh, so um, if you didn't he, like him in Westworld. World? I loved Westworld, but I didn't. I never liked James Brolin. Oh. He's terrible. Uh, his son, though, he definitely didn't get his acting acting chops from his dad. So, yeah. So I uh, I uh, choose James Brolin. Um, okay, so let's go to least convincing actress. Uh, we'll start off with uh, you, King. No, no, I want to go last, please. Okay. Uh, then I may be able to edit my answer by what I hear, because my answer is very, very special. But anyways, go ahead. All right. So Jen, uh, who's your least convincing actor? Uh, I think I chose Faye Dunaway um, in Towering Inferno. Good Lord. Uh, just the levels of incompetence in that movie are just so staggering. Jeez. I, listen, I, there, I'm, I'm not complaining that, that, that the character... I think maybe wasn't even supposed to sort of come off the way that she did, but Faye Dunaway, who I've seen in many other things, was just absolutely awful in this movie. I, I, I'll never get over some of her lines. Some of her lines were just absolutely terrible in Towering Inferno. And on top of that, on top of that, she's working with all these other people who I feel like sort of, sorry, Faye, but contributed to the her least convincing <laughs> status because they really didn't help bolster her at all. So she hmm. gets my vote. Yeah, I, I I will say Faye Dunaway as well. That's who I pick. Um, she's definitely the least convincing actress for me. Uh, what, what about you, uh, Josh? I once again went a completely different route and chose Stacy Nelkin. From Halloween three. <laughs> Josh, you are hating on that movie. Um, yes. Yeah, well, you just don't... she's not a likable character. I mean, she basically loses her father and then decides to screw a guy within the same day. Well, some people get over uh, trauma in their own way. Yeah, it's called grief sex. Come on, <laughs> grief sex. Yes. Can't forget. Are you legal? Yeah, probably. <laughs> That was such a good line. <laughs> that was a great line. Uh, that is a great line. That is, yeah. Uh, what about you, King? What was your... Okay, now here's the thing. I picked no one because everyone was either adequate or completely forgettable. That I didn't even, nothing stood out. They were, there were some really bad performances all around, and I honestly could not say. I mean, Plan 9, I could use that that's a gimme because all the actors there are pretty weak mm -hmm. i'm not going to grab that because i knew that was a weak actress um but the the formal actresses were all pretty damn weak um i don't think there was any single performance i thought oh that's a good performance out of that person at all in any of the movies so i picked no one because they were all either bland or forgettable wow oh, yeah wow. um that's mean but true Oh wow! Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> Didn't like him, no sir. No, not at all. <laughs> all right, so uh, let's uh, move on, and uh, we'll go to uh, the worst line of the season. And I'll start off with worst line of the season. I picked uh, the car, uh, and this is in the graveyard scene. Uh, you know what? You are a chicken. 
a shit scum of the earth. Uh, that's the line that I think when uh, the, the girl is yelling at the car. It's pretty funny. Uh, and it's stupid as heck. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> that's but, a good yeah. line. So yeah. Josh has, uh, Josh has, basically, Josh has his hate on. Kinte has his hate on. I noticed it. Uh, yeah, right? I mean, no, I didn't hate the uh, the car. I didn't hate the car. Just the acting <laughs> and the lines. <laughs> no, no, actually, that's, that was an enjoyable film. It's just, I don't like Josh Rowland. Uh, I like, you know, <laughs> you know I, I, I think. I mean, yeah. Rowland, James I, I think when it comes down to getting the hate on, that's probably the wrong way. Everybody thinks that both of those movies were definitely in the uh, cheesiest sort of categories. Right. The car was the devil. Sorry, right. I spoiled the whole damn thing. Yeah, you did, man. Oh well. We'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> All right. So, um, what about what about you, King? Who, what was your? Most- oh, that's it's easy. My favorite line, which is the worst line, is. One thing's for certain, Inspector Clay's dead, murdered, and somebody's responsible. <laughs> I mean, come on. And that's from a police inspector. <laughs> Scratching his head with his gun. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. That's hilarious. All right. What about you, Josh? What was your. Uh, I have two things to say first. One, you know. I was going to take that quote that uh, King said, but I figured it would pop up anyway. Mm-hmm. So I went in a completely different direction. And two, I wish, you know, you, you just can't assume that everything I do is going to be, you know, Halloween 3 related just because <laughs> of how I feel about it. This is Halloween 3, isn't it? <laughs> With that being said, uh, the worst line to me was, well, he had to be one strong businessman. I can tell you that. You don't just pull someone's skull apart without a little, a little lower arm strength. You know what I mean? <laughs> what movie was that from? Halloween. Halloween three. Season Wait, of Witch. really? No. Yes. Oh, man. I'm sensing man. something. It was fun. just Theme. coincidence. Hilarious, hilarious. What about you, Jen? What was your worst line? Okay, mine is, and the other rules? Well, the other rules are Russian and complicated. (laughs) Can you guess what movie that was from? Oh, I know what it is. I I don't know. And the other rules, well, the other rules are Russian and complicated. It's only two movies that were like uh, competition movies. Casino Royale? No, it's for Rollerball. 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 Oh. The announcer is is telling us basically what's happening, and he's saying that they've changed up the rules. But, I mean, they're Russian and complicated, so who cares? (laughs) I don't remember that line. I'll have to watch that again, because I do like that movie. I know most people don't, but I do like that movie. It was hilarious. And it also makes me so pity. I feel like we should all just walk around and say that in like current political climate. We should just say, oh, yeah, you know, it's just Russian and complicated. And that would be true nowadays. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> right. Damn you, Putin. So, Josh, uh, what it was the worst art direction, number six? I think you know where this is going. Oh, no. Casino Royale. 
Ah. Uh, <laughs> Casino Royale with cheese, huh? Yeah, oh, yeah, you did watch that. You were on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you were on that one, yeah. Yeah, He's Casino Royale. Yeah. Oh, wow. What, what about you, Jen? What was the worst art direction for you? Uh, for me, it was Plan 9 from Outer Space. I mean, sorry, guys, but those curtains, I just, I can never get them out of my head. I actually, in some weird way, want to buy them so that I can sort of have them in my house just to remind me about how bad it was. But no, it was <laughs> bad. Hilarious. Yeah. It, I, th I think it, it's actually, it's the worst art direction because there is no art direction in that movie. <laughs> Pretty sure. All right, what about you, King? What was the worst? Oh, part? Plan 9 from Outer Space. Cardboard uh, tombstones, the mausoleum that everyone has to duck to get out of, um, the curtains being reused, the same furniture being reused for the... <laughs> the pilot's cockpit is basically sitting there with the exact same things, no controls, and a script in the guy's uh, lap. I mean, come on. You couldn't get worse than that. Well, I, uh, I, it's almost unanimous because I played Plan 9 as well. That was that was that's crazy. a gimme. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Jen, we're going back to you. What was the um, what was the least politically correct? I, I'm not exactly sure. What, I mean, it's definitely a toss up for me. But I chose the towering inferno because I felt like there was so much misogyny in that movie that it was kind of freaky. Mm. Uh, maybe it was just a byproduct of it being from the '70s, and that's just a thing. But. You know, I didn't see a whole lot of that in Dawn of the Dead, so mm. yeah, I chose Towering Inferno. But that was made four years later when they abolished uh, misogyny. Oh, <laughs> thank God they yeah. did that. Now everybody's happy and safe. Man, I'm so glad that that happened. <laughs> God, let me get nothing but respect now. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Also, if you'll notice in Dawn of the Dead, nobody had those great big mustaches, and in Towering Inferno, uh, everybody, everybody had one. Tom Savini did. Oh, that's right. You're right. You're right. But it, yeah, but it was still, it, 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 it was still tasteful. It was tasteful. It was all right. <laughs> all right. So, at least politically correct, I picked uh, my own film, uh, Body Double. Uh, it was filled with porn. It was filled with women being uh, drilled to death with a drill. Um, it had, uh, it was, you know, it, a guy walks in on his wife and she was glowing. And, uh, so, uh, I felt, I felt like that scene, those, there was a lot of scenes in that film that you could say are not quote unquote politically correct. So that's what I chose was, uh, body double. All right. So what about you, Josh? What was your least politically correct film? While, uh, Dawn of the Dead had, certainly memorable on PC moments. I had to give this one to um, Death Race 2000 because basically all the characters are stereotypes. You're running over old people <laughs> for points. <laughs> oh god, that's right. Um, the women are there just to be looked at, essentially. Uh, I, I can't really think of anything that would uh, fly in the face of all that is considered PC than a murderous car race that uh, gives you extra points for killing, you know, basically the uh, invalid and the elderly. So, yeah, Death Race 2000 takes the cake by far, in my opinion. Death Race 2000. I, you know what? I agree. Get out of my brain, Josh, because that's the one I picked as well. Death Race 2000. Uh, there's a lot of uh, booby shots for no reason, except for, hey, 
let's titillate the crowd when we need to. You know, the yeah, massage everything. Um, <laughs> the killing the old people. I mean, it was just yeah, murder porn and uh, some TNA, and it was yeah, and stereotypical characters. What the Italian guy plays a mafioso guy. Oh, hey, we're gonna have German characters, and they're gonna be Nazis. Oh, yeah, and the Nazis were also like, you know, you had people sitting there doing the Hitler salute in the crowds and everything. It's not PC at all. You know, it's so funny because um, none of the Death Race movies since then have done anything to redeem themselves either. If you watch the last Death Race, I mean, it is basically cut whole cloth from the first one. So they're not doing themselves anything. They're no less politically incorrect. Well, if you're going to do a death race, you might as well go back to the original and make it as, as horrific as that because at least it has that going for it. And awesome cars. And awesome cars, yes. Okay, so uh, Josh, yeah. um, uh, what was the worst special effect for you? Uh, the single worst special effect for me was, as I put it in the the questionnaire, all of them from Plan Nine. <laughs> <laughs> all of them from Plan Nine. Yeah, yes, funny. cardboard curtains, uh, things on a string—you name it. Things it it had the worst of it. Yeah. No, no, I agree. Um, what about you, uh, King? Oh, God. Once again, get out of my brain, Josh. Um, the hubcaps flying saucers from Plan 9 from outer space. You could see the strings when they blow up in the end. It's basically someone put uh, the lighter fluid like Dad was trying to set up his barbecue by pouring lighter fluid on that thing and setting it on fire. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the lemon uh, mothercraft, you know, what the hell was that? Yes, Plan 9 from outer space, the saucers. That's what I picked too. The spaceships from Plan Nine. Uh, <laughs> we're all in agreement. Uh, what about you, Jim? Oh, so I'm the only and lone dissent here because my worst special effect was when we were supposed to believe that the car had turned into the devil with the giant devil fire face. <sighs> that was such an awful special effect. It wasn't even real. I mean, it was just so awful. It was really bad. It was cheesy beyond cheesy. I don't know. Hubcaps on a string. Come on. Yeah, that was overt, and and I could almost excuse it because yeah, I could almost excuse it. But this somebody somebody tried with this. Somebody actually said to their son, "Son, you'll never believe what I did today at work," and they were proud. And I just no, 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 no. Okay, so let's go to sexiest character, and I picked Melanie Griffin from uh, Body Double. Uh, I thought you know it. I thought that she was pretty, pretty hot there. Um, so I picked no misogyny in this show at all. Not at all. No, no, not at all. That's why so I you can't it. spell misogyny without massage. So, uh, <laughs> Jen, who was your, the sexiest character? <laughs> you guys are gonna kill me. <clears throat> uh, I chose the building from Towering Inferno. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! First of all. First of all, it was just plain awesome. It was definitely building porn. Secondly, <laughs> at the end, you cannot deny that it was totally high. So oh. that's my Ooh. choice. Hilarious. And it was wet after it was done. Oh, well, I wasn't going to go there, but yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I might as well take it the other way, too. 
What about you, King? What was the... Uh, oh, okay. This is speaking more to me, and I don't know if I should feel ashamed for this, but I went Matilda from uh, Death Race 2000 because there's nothing hotter than a Nazi woman who will bare her breasts every so often and fight another woman. You know what? Maybe I think there is stuff that is... Yeah. Uh, actually, you know what? You kind of... You're kind, of, you're kind of pushing me that way, but uh, yeah, I'm thinking She Devils of the SS. Kind of. Uh, by the way, I may be throwing that in as one of my uh, offerings for next year. So, so what about you, uh, Josh? What was your sexiest character? Um, uh, this is not any kind of uh, Halloween three oh. <laughs> reflection. I'm Halloween three, very of my uh, sexuality by any means, but. I don't think it can be denied that Machine Gun Joe <laughs> is just huh. amazing. I don't know. When he's sitting there with the food hanging off his mouth, having that conversation, that kind of grossed me out. I was thinking more like the suits and, and you know, the, the bod. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, what people might be thinking. When it comes to why I would say no, Machine Gun Joe, that's completely but fair. I'm just saying, from um, just uh, an analytical perspective, young Sly, uh, young Sly is like, whoa, a specimen of a person. There you go. Oh, he, he he was stacked back in the day. Oh wow! And apparently now too, if you want to believe the Rambo uh, ads. Oh wow. All right, so let's go to uh, King Penguin. Which mm. film is the remake more than anything? Oh, well, we discussed this at the time, and I think HBO would, is, is, owes us uh, Rollerball. I think there is some potential there for an interesting film. Not that crap that they did in the uh, 2000, early 2000s, but a very interesting look at sports and that kind of thing and the kind of society that would create uh, Rollerball. So, yes, Rollerball would be my remake movie. Okay. All right. What about you, Jen? Uh, I'm going to go with Let's Scare Jessica to Death. I love vampire movies. <clears throat> I feel like that could be a really fun vampire movie if they could do it right. I don't know. It wasn't fun the first time. Why would it be fun no. the second? Because, well, first of all, uh, th that's the kind of movie that I would choose to do an adaptation for. So if I did an adaptation for it, it would be perfect. I have to kill my son right now because all I can smell in here is popcorn. Oh, I just, yeah, well. Well, it is Cinema du Farage. Just have him throw some Parmesan on it and you'll be great. Ooh, nice. Yep. Uh, what about you, uh, um, Josh? Yes, that's me. Um, I was going to say something and I don't remember, remember what it was, but essentially, my answer is let's scare Jessica to death. Yay, Josh. And yeah, my, my answer as well is let's scare Jessica to death. Um, I, I feel so isolated tonight. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Um, I figured this time they could actually make it a vampire movie. Right. Yeah, thank you. Or, right. or make it scary. Right. Or interesting. Or good. Or really scare Jessica to death. Or really scare Jessica to death. That's, that's the key. I just said. <laughs> let's put Jessica on a boat. Let's kill Jessica to death. I'm I'm down to write that. If anybody's listening, that actually I'm so down to write that. 
that was the last was that the last category oh my goodness it was it was so now we're about to get to the um the big debate so this is how we'll do it you'll have two minutes to make your point it doesn't mean you have to take the whole two minutes uh but it it will be um offered to you so um hold on a second as i get my stuff together i thought i had it i've got it right here if you need to know number one is production value (laughs) all right so um Leatherface, why? Why? Why do you attack me? Uh, do we have a certain order that we're going in? Is it? Uh... Yeah. Okay. You, you, I will allow the moderators to tell me what to do. I just follow. Oops, sorry about that. All right, let me make this. All right, so this will be. Easy, so you don't want to look at my mug anymore. Oh, I miss you already. Uh, is that fraternizing with the judge? <laughs> no, that's sucking up to the judge. It's a totally different thing. Okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're going to start off with the challenger, Josh. Uh, you're going to make your debate why the um, your film has a better production value or, or what makes your film... Um, what makes your film's production value better or just good in general? Whatever way, you, uh, whatever you, way you decide to do it. So I'm talking about the production value. Yes. Okay. Right, ready, set. Okay. Uh, the production value of Strange Brew uh, isn't something that will, you know, set any uh, hearts on fire, but for the budget that it had and and the things that it did, it certainly did an amazing job. There was a point in time where not only a dog flew, but a van got put into a river and we had people underwater drinking beer. Now, if if that doesn't tell you that uh, a lot of thought went into the production of this. I don't know what does. It had a lot of great special effects, you know, the the lasers and the pew-pews. And let's not forget the amazing uh, video game graphics that went into help not only set the tone, but it, it helped tell the story and was a, an integral part of the plot. Uh, as they're finding out the secrets of what really happened to the owners of the uh, owner of the brewery, excuse me. The oh, wow, uh, the production value of Strange Brew, I think, is very underestimated in this fight, solely because it doesn't have all of the the glitching glamour of being zombies. No, they had no kind of reputation to, to to siphon off of like Dawn of the Dead. They had to build everything themselves from scratch as, as far as making it convincing and, and I mean, let's face it, when it comes to the opposition, it was just a lot of resting on the 
<laughs> now, I just want to remind you, you don't have to take the whole, uh, if you don't want to, you can just say, done. And then, uh, so, what, you know, so. Zombies in the mall, done. Oh, no, sorry. Right. All right, so uh, that was really. You heard him. He said he was done. No, no, no. Are you ready, King? I am. All right, here we go. <laughs> Unlike Strange Brew, which actually had studio backing to give them money to do their special things, George Romero basically worked with a very, very little budget. And what he did with that small budget was amazing. The fact is that he was able to work night after night in a mall after hours between the time of 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. to do all of the stuff that he did in that mall is amazing. The special effects, which they put together with Tom Savini, Yes, sure. We had gray zombies that didn't look convincing, but the one, the special zombies and the effects that they used, such as the exploding heads and everything else with those great shots, amazing. If you look at those scenes where you have the main characters who have turned into zombies, the makeup effects are also fantastic. What he did was basically take the stuff, shoot these really iconic scenes, and then put it together in editing. He basically used what little budget he had and made a film that looked a lot bigger than what they actually had the money for. Mm -hmm. uh, Dawn of the Dead is basically, uh, if you look at like one of the scenes that I, I, I could say is a great production value is the scene where the zombie walks up in the airfield, walks up to get on top of the the boxes and has the top of his head chopped off by the rotors of the helicopter. What they did was they basically had a guy, they put a makeup prosthetic, they ripped it off and they animated the blades in there. And it's a seamless, wonderful shot. There are so many moments like that in this film where he basically took what little he had and turned it into a big epic film where you felt this was happening all over the world. This was happening everywhere. This is why this film, its production value is so much higher because what little they had, they turned into something bigger. Thank you. All right. All right. So, Jen, um, uh, go ahead and give your score on question one. Uh, you know, we're giving them both scores. Uh, let's see. John and King. So, uh, of course, you're not going to say it till the end. Uh, you know, both between one and ten, with ten being the highest. And, you know, what I'm doing, uh, Jen, is... I'm gonna. Can um, are we doing one to ten each category? Yeah, yeah. Um, for okay. no, so what I'm doing is after they do theirs, I'm mm -hmm. giving up a score rather than doing it after. You know, so it won't be. I'm not gonna judge them based on what the other person said. You know, oh. even the person who goes second, it kind of has that advantage. So. Yeah. So. Okay. So. So so do you want my one to ten score for production value? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. Said? Yeah, yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna judge him. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, you're we're judges, so you're gonna judge their, you know, giving them if you felt like he. I'm just gonna no, I, I'm so non-judgmental that it's just yeah, like, you know. So more, if, more you feel, if you feel like Josh was a ten, you give him a ten. <laughs> if you feel like you know King is a ten, you give gotcha. him a ten or, or whatever. Okay. 
That was his scores, by the way. Just to let you know. <laughs> totally, okay. that was my score. I, uh, okay, so I'm gonna start with King Pigman, and I'm gonna. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no. Oh, no he's, wait, we're waiting until the end, is it? To the end, yeah. To oh, the we end. are waiting until the end. Oh, okay. So yeah. you score now, I mean, and you then... score now, yeah. Okay. Now, because you ain't, so you won't have to try to remember. I think I, I understand this now. I, I am going to. So I'll just, I'll just give you my score. Uh. No, I'm going to ask you at the end. So and just then, mark down your score. Down. Down. I um, see. I'm sorry. This is so confusing. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, not really. Uh, <laughs> just don't, like, don't don't do that. Don't do that. Just tell me it's yeah. You're supposed to patronize me. Okay. All right. It is all confusing. Right. I agree. Jen, I I don't understand what he's talking about. So I'm with you on that. I I I think I understand now. Got it, Kinte. Uh, my score is locked and ready. All right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, so we're going to do storyline and King will start, so we'll alternate. Okay, that's fair. Storyline. All right, here we go. Dawn of the Dead basically picks up after Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead was such a seminal movie, a very interesting moment to start a zombie film. Dawn of the Dead basically expands it into the largest degree it can. It starts with four characters from disparate spots brought together by circumstances and how they survive. And all of the moments that they need to survive in this kind of zombie apocalypse. And you get to feel what happens to these people through their experiences. And by that, you understand what's happening to the world in a larger experience. What they, this film does is it makes you feel for these characters. It gives you some moments of just quietness. It gives you moments where you, you're seeing them just being people under stress. It gives you moments where you realize that they're bored. It has a bigger story in itself that it talks about the American consumerism and how that is portrayed by having the zombies being the consumers coming to the mall. It uses the mall as a centerpiece in such a way that it's just amazing that it basically, you get this feel that, okay, this has something bigger to say about society at large, using zombies as sort of the, uh, you know, the representation of the average consumer. But it goes to a point where it could get bleak and it does get sad. And in a way it almost goes all that way. And then they, the, you know, at the last minute, though he wanted to go as sad as he could he basically allows the characters to survive you know why because he makes characters that we love and we want to see survive and he actually gives us that ending which is amazing because he could have gone bleak did not plan to but didn't because he wanted us to enjoy the film this film says so much in such a you know in that one space says so much about everything in culture in, in general uh i love this one. i'm gonna let it go thank you all right uh so uh, of course uh jen lock in your score uh, i'm gonna lock in my score for that one all right yeah. josh you ready do you know where the uh, timer comes from you recognize it all right, i'm gonna i'm gonna play it and and why I'll ask you again. All right. But, you know, go ahead and do your thing. All right. Ready to go. Uh, 
<laughs> Go ahead and start. Go ahead and start, Josh. I'm, I'm, I know what I'm doing. Oh, oh, okay, my bad. Canadian Hamlet done. <laughs> oh man, that one, that was good. That was good. Yeah, I, I saw that coming when he paused for that, and I, I said, "He's just waiting for the right moment just to throw one." Thing. I was I was waiting for you to wait till like it got to zero, and then just say it almost. I, I was gonna wait for uh, the entire two minutes to be up originally, but I, I figured that would be uh, painful for a lot of people. <laughs> Hilarious. Well played, sir. That was good. That was good. Yeah. Low clap. <laughs> and that, that that's uh, from Mario Kart, by the way, at the time. Oh. Oh. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. All well, right. At least now, now you can go back to being verbose because you're up again. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's on you now, uh, Josh. Uh, the cast. Here we go. Okay. What? can I say about the cast of Strange Brew? It's it's built around Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas, uh, two guys that created and know their character so well that they built an entire cast around that. Even during the episode where we talked about this all together, uh, basically each one of us said that there is no single person or single performance that really outshines anybody else everybody is a perfect fit for their role there is no you know eye-popping ear-catching performance everybody uh you know with the inclusion of the stars from uh max von sandow uh Seidel, excuse me and um lynn griffin everybody is absolutely perfectly cast in it um, you know, I guess that's really all I have to say about that. We, we, uh, it's something we all agree on. So the cast of this movie is perfect for what it is done. Thank you. All right. All right. All right. So Jen, lock in your score. All right. King, you ready? Yes, sir. I'm going to start off by first saying that not everybody in this film is a great actor in any way, shape, or form. There are a lot of weak performances. Now, my saying that does not degrade from the actual cast of this film, because what it is is the four central characters of this film actually are the strongest part of this movie. Uh, when you look at Roger and Peter and Flyboy and Maureen, you're, you're sitting there and you're looking, oh my gosh, you know what? These people, I like them. I want them to do well. You're going and rooting for them the entire time. They have little moments, which just are, are really nice moments. Um, when the whole moment where they're standing over there on the fence, looking at the, the guys banging on the, the zombies banging on the door and they go, you know, he sits there and goes, when there's no more room in hell. 
And it's this great moment because they're all sitting there trying to figure out what the whole, why do they keep coming? Why do they keep coming? Oh, it's for the place. This And he just says, when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. And it's just a great moment. But the, the acting, you really feel for these people. The moment when, uh, uh, when Roger dies um, and he becomes a zombie, and the reaction of all the other characters it, it's just a, a heart-tugging moment and then later on you have the two going off and having their dinner together and you have peter sitting there by the grave and pouring the champagne over the grave of roger and you're like going you know you feel the bond they had between each other and there's a lot there's bonds between these characters that that really grow and you really like these people they're so likable and you really want them to to, to make it. And I think that that really drives this film the most. Yes, there are some bad performances, but those four strong characters make this film as powerful as it is. And I really, I really think that, you know, aside from, you know, professional actors from Canada versus these guys, they did an amazing job. All right. All right. Okay. Canadian actors and all, you know. Hey. <laughs> All right. So, Jim, make sure you like your scores. We're yep. at the halfway point. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. So, that's going to be on you, King, once again. Oh, okay. Of villains. Is that correct? Yes. The villain. All right. Well, with a zombie film, most times you'd think the zombies are the villains in the film. Not so with Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead, the villains are actually the rest of humanity. And that's the way George Romero plays it in these films, especially in this one. What you have is characters trying to survive, and yet their own impulses and their own weaknesses are the things that put them into danger. When Roger dies, it's because he becomes he needs to put some bravado in what he what happens to him so he has to go and do these extra things he ends up getting himself into danger and putting everybody else into danger in the end it's not the zombies that come in to destroy them all it's a bunch of outside bikers who come in it's humanity itself and its weaknesses and its greed and its need for these things that causes the downfall of this group in this mall when uh Flyboy dies. It's not because of the zombies. Yes, they bite him. He becomes a zombie. But it's because he wants to save the mall for himself. He gets so pissed off that these people are in his territory. He takes a pot shot with one of them. Had he not done anything, these guys would have raided the mall. They would have done their thing. Then these guys could have gone back, cleared out the mall like they did before, shut everything down, and basically gone on surviving. But no, he needed to take a shot at these people because they were in his territory. He was the weakness that we all are. It's all the weaknesses in humanity which causes the downfall of the group. In the end, the bikers themselves are decimated by their own stupidity and weakness. Uh, for example, the guy with the sombrero who decides he needs to get his uh, blood pressure done no matter what, even though the zombies are attacking. He dies, why? Because of his own stupidity and foolishness. And it's humanity that's the villain, not the zombies. And that's what makes this film so great. Thank you. All right, all right. So, Jen, lock in your score. Got it. All right, so we're going to go to you, Josh. Here we go, the villains. Okay, here is something that 
uh, Strange Brew has that Dawn of the Dead doesn't. Actual villains. You know, <laughs> bad guys. And I don't think it's any surprise to know that uh, Max von Sydow plays one of the most evil, despicable people to ever walk the face of the planet. After all, how else would you describe somebody that plans on taking over the world by altering people's moods with beer and odd sound effects? Get them to fight each other and the world's easy pickings. But that's just that's just plan A. That's 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 the big plan. That's the major, you know, arch. But in this particular story, the evil goes further because once things start falling apart, he had to, he had to come up with something else, uh, another reason. After all, he had just murdered, you know, uh, the 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 owner of the, of the brewery, right? And he had to have somebody take the fall, and and. Who else but our two hapless heroes wind up getting framed and then institutionalized because he concocted this crazy plan that, and it actually pulled it off. And that's not something villains are, are usually doing in movies. In the end, though, the two heroes did eventually win, but not before uh, they paid a, a very heavy price by lowering their standing in the community with the judge. All right, all right, all right, all right. Jen, make sure you lock in your score. That was good. That was great. Yeah, you guys did both did a great job. All right. All right. So we're going to originality. So it's going to be Josh again. Originality. All right. After that, we'll have two more questions. All right. You ready, Josh? Okay. I know I summarized the storyline of Strange Brew with two words, but when it comes to the originality of this, this Hamlet adaption, it goes much further than just Canadian Hamlet. It takes a story as old as, well, I was going to say as old as time, but I guess as old as Shakespeare, and adds in some very nuanced Canadian things like beer and Canada. <laughs> so... Uh, basically, the original originality of the story comes from the two characters who uh, Bob and Doug. They're they're not morons, but they're not. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Competent, and <laughs> it gives them a playground to really shine with their comedy. And I think at the end of the day, that's that's what Strange Brew. Uh, really brings to the table as far as originality is concerned. It, it makes Hamlet a comedy and really brings the chuckles. So, done. 
<laughs> I'll admit that was a tougher one. That was tough, Josh. I felt it for you. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I think you did a good job, Josh. Yeah, you know you did. Definitely. I got. I got to fight against that now. So. <laughs> All right, here we go. Jen, you got your score locked in? I do. All right, here we go. Now, Night of the Living Dead was the most original zombie movie ever created. I mean, the whole idea of zombies that were basically flesh-eating ghouls and everything, that had not been done before. Now, that's the previous movie. So this is a sequel. So it's hard for it to be original if it's a sequel. Well, not quite, because before... The zombies were a threat, but it, it was basically a, a standard horror film. What Dawn of the Dead does and makes, makes it so original is it basically creates them as sort of a metaphor of America at that time. So if you look at that film, it's basically looking at the cultural, the racial, and the social problems of the time and condensing it and using zombies as a metaphor. Um, zombies are like this force of nature that basically takes over so they're not a individual villains as they were that's why i didn't refer to them as villains in the previous uh section but they're this force of nature that creates the situations that we as people create and that's where this film is really amazing and original it basically uses the whole idea of a horror thing as a metaphor and is blatant about it in a, such a way that's really interesting um if you look at the beginning of the film that's the one thing i love about it the main character wakes up into a nightmare. She has the reaction of waking up from a nightmare, but she's actually waking up into the nightmare because when she wakes up, there's chaos all around her and everything. And that's an amazing thing about this film that I love. It's that, that, that whole idea that it's all a nightmare that she is living through. And you watch from the moment she wakes up into it till the moment she escapes from it at the end. And uh, Francine's one of my favorite characters too, because it's also one of those few times that a, a horror, before all the other times, a woman basically tries to become a hero, not a hero, but tries to take control in a horror situation as opposed to being a three-month damsel. And that's all I'm going to say for now. The kids love you. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. Then uh, have you locked in your scope? I have. All right. All right. All right. So we have two left. This one is cultural impact. So this will be a very good one. Mm -hmm. uh, this will be a very good one. And it's going to be on you, King. Yep. All right. So let's do it. Yep. Dawn of the Dead, by far, is the most, the most culturally impact of the two films because basically it defined how zombie films were going to be seen from here on in. Night of the Living Dead just put the blueprint out, but this film cemented it. Every zombie film you have seen, including uh, the uh, uh, The Walking Dead and everything, has been based on this film, the rules and everything else. This film basically sets down the entire template that we have for zombie films ever since. There hasn't been a single zombie film that has deviated from this film at, at all, aside from there might be running zombies or what have you, but it, it doesn't matter because 
this is the film that basically sets it up. Those are minor changes, but they still follow the same pattern of the survivors versus the zombies. Now, the other thing, too, that uh, really strikes me with this film as the setup is that it has this thing with the characters that every film has to have a certain set of characters that you have to like and want to survive. Now, uh, a prime example of a film that has become from there is uh, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead takes liberally from this film. Uh, in, in such a way that you're looking at it from the survivor's point of view. You have four survivors who are trying to make it through this zombie apocalypse and everything. The zombies aren't the main problem. It's the things that happen from people. These are the kind of things that this film has set up ever since. Uh, if I'm going to go back to Walking Dead, The Walking Dead has always been about the zombies aren't the main threat. It's other people. That is stolen from this film. This film is completely about that. Uh, so uh, as far as the zombie zeitgeist that exists nowadays, all of it exists because of this film. Thank you. Four, three, two, one. All right, Jan, lock in your score. That was a good one. All right, so Joshua, you ready? Yeah. While there's no denying that Dawn of the Dead did have an influence on a subgenre of films, uh, I think it's a much bigger cultural impact uh, that Strange Brew not only impacted cinema with its buddy comedy, but it impacted the world with its uh, explosion of uh, everyone adopting like certain Canadianisms. Because for a while there, it became a big thing to love Canada. And you would hear people say, oh, don't be a hoser, eh? Just randomly out there in the world. It was a full-blown phenomenon of Bob and Doug. And it's how the world started viewing Canada as a whole as a bunch of people that were just trying to do good and maybe have a nice cold one while listening or watching hockey. It, it is an undeniable fact that Strange Brew not only put Canada on the map culturally, but it made them a beloved nation uh, for a good period of time and, and influenced uh, the young Howie Mandels of the world with Bobby's world. You know, you get your Canada there, eh? And Harold and Kumar, another buddy comedy that was very much inspired by Strange Brew. It's these these reasons why Strange Brew is inarguably uh, had a bigger social and cultural impact. How he was how he was from Canada, by the way. Josh, Not can I just ask? Um, are you related to uh, Stretch Armstrong at all? No, because that was an awesome stretch. 
Unreal. <laughs> it was epic, just epic. So good job, good job. Right, yeah, Thank you. you guys put your votes in, and I'll see what I have to say. <laughs> you know what's funny? Yeah, for a minute, people like uh, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Like, no, from, from eighty-three to eighty-five, right? We liked them, and then that was no, like, no, they didn't. <laughs> hilarious all right this is the final argument so these are your last you know words about your film so josh you will go first you ready all right here we go <laughs> my final argument for strange rue being this season champion is it's based in everything that I've mentioned before, from from its cultural impact to to making Canada what it is today, and helping uh, redefine the buddy uh, movie. It it also helped put beer on the map. So there's that. Uh, no, in all in all seriousness, it to me, and, and I'm just going to speak personally here that. Strange Brew is a movie that I was able to watch with my family and feel good about it. Everything about this movie screams cheese. It is one of the cheesiest movies I've ever seen. And I... I one minute. I didn't need that one. Um, I really don't have much more to add than, than what I've already said uh, through through the previous arguments. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. But see, there, there I go, being Canadian again. Sorry. Um, basically, when it comes to cheesy movies, this one is served with a nice healthy dose of beer, and who doesn't like a nice beer and cheese combination? Done. All right, all right, all right, all right. Jen, lock in your score and let me know when. All right, done. All right, here we go. King, it's, this is it. Final yeah, yeah. Ready when you go. I'm not going to disagree with Josh that Strange Brew is one of those great cheesy movies. It's a lot of fun. However, it is not the cheesiest movie. When you have gray zombies walking around with that stunned look of and the low budget they use, but yet still creating this greatly entertaining film. Uh, this film itself, it, basically, it does so many things at once. A, it creates some dread in some moments. It creates humor in other moments. And it creates uh, this, you know, this empathy for the characters the main characters it does this so well i mean there's moments in there where you're watching and you could laugh at a certain circumstance or you could be horrified from something you see or you could feel sadness or whatever and it does this emotional gambit through the entire film which i have to admit 
that is hard to do. You have to realize that, especially in this cynical age. Uh, but you can, it, this film still manages to do that, where you're sitting there when Peter, uh, sorry, when Roger turns and they're sitting there and Peter has to shoot him. You don't see him shoot him, but there's that moment there where you feel the pain of that character and you don't want to see this guy die. You don't want to see him, you know, become a zombie. You want him to survive because he's one of the people you're rooting for. This film basically tugs on those strings, but it also does weird and wacky, funny things. And then at the same time, can be terrifying at sometimes and disgusting at other times. I, I mean, the thing is, what I like about Dawn of the Dead is that it runs the gambit. It's not a total horror film. It's not a total uh, tragedy. There's moments of lightness. There's moments of comedy. The pies in the face of the zombies. It's this weird amalgamation that just works together so well. And this is why this film is the best one this year. All right, all right. That was well done, gentlemen. You guys did a very good job. Uh, I'd like to congratulate you both. Thank you. Uh, and you know what? Uh, his two-word, um, why? what was it? Why it was so great? Uh, or no. What was what was the category he used the two-word one? Because I story was... Storyline. Storyline. Story hey, you were right. Damn you. <laughs> you know. Now that they've already done their scores, I'm going to say, that was the best description. Two words is all was needed. That was awesome. Yeah, no, that was pretty good, Josh. You, I, was like, I was like, oh, I'm so defeated. I wasted all this time, and he just got it right with two words. <laughs> Every once in a while, Josh, you you like are like pretty great. He's Every once in a while. But yeah. Yeah. Awesome. You, you could probably tell uh, at, at the exact moment that the monster energy drink wore off. <laughs> <laughs> After no. the words? Oh, no. Hilarious. Hold on a second. Let me do one thing. Where are you? Story Josh, out. you know what? Whatever whatever happens, um, you defended that movie really well. Yeah, so I'm do not do not do not think that the monster energy drink thing had anything to do with it. I was sweating the entire time. So I don't know what the results are gonna be. So you may have won this. I know oh, what they're gonna uh, be. I paid good money for it. I, I voted for the car. Oh, sorry. No. Actually, I voted for burnt offerings. I'm surprised you didn't do uh, Let's Scare Just Go to Death. <laughs> Hilarious. That, uh, that might be my favorite movie that I'd never seen before from this year. <laughs> Let's Scare Just Go to Death. Yeah. You didn't see that one? Uh, not before we talked about it. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean... I did before we talked about it. Okay, okay. So you did see. Yeah, I'm trying to remember when you came in on the. In this, well, you, you were there for the the rollerball too, though, weren't you? Yes. Yeah, because we did discuss the whole idea of the HBO series. We thought, oh, that'd be a good mm -hmm. idea. Yeah, I remember that. And and then, if you recall, in the mm -hmm. remake, the uh, that they did, uh, whenever it was, there was one shot of Shane McMahon. I don't know yeah. if you're familiar with him. Yeah, just Shane one shot where he's like. And that's it. That's all you needed. A WWE film had one shot of Shane McMahon. Because it was a WWE film. Was it really? Oh, it makes sense. But yeah, Shane, that's all you need from him because there's nothing else he's going to be able to provide. All right. So 
Uh, again, the way we'll do this is, I'll say the topic. I'll I'll say we'll interchange. You know, um, I'll say what I gave uh, Josh and King on. You know, the topic. You'll okay. say, and then I'll add them together. Okay. And then uh, we'll keep going on. We'll keep a running tally of how this is working. Okay, so I'll start off. Um, okay. All right, so uh, to, so when it came to the debate on um, product, a product, production value, production value, product value. Um, I thought, of course, all of these. I'm gonna let me just get this out of the way. I thought everybody gave. Both of you guys always gave a, a, a very good um, debate. Um, some obviously are better than others. I felt like in this one, I gave an eight to King and a six to Josh. Um, I felt like um, I I was more of a, a fan of uh, what King said in this one. Um, so uh, I thought King started out pretty, pretty dope. And uh, I thought, so... Kudos. Um, hold on a second. Let me. Wow. Uh, well, let me add this. We'll have to go back to the tape to figure out what the hell I said. Yeah. So yeah. So I was something saying, something Dawn of the Dead. Blah blah blah. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah. That sounds right. So before we go to uh, Jim and do something real quick, my bad. I forgot that. Oh, look at that. My bet. My bender. His uh, thing opened. Yeah. Been there. Oh, it does lock. Oh, look at that! You can turn it and open it. And, oh, look at that. Yeah, if you, it's it's one of those ones you put the key through it and it. Eh, 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 eh. Uh, all right. So, what about you, Jen? How did you uh, vote? So, um, in this category, I actually felt like you guys were very compelling both ways, and I I didn't give either of you a higher score than the other. I gave you both an eight because I was as equally drawn in by Josh's idea. And, you know, it's so funny. I have to say, Josh, that uh, Strange Brew was not my favorite movie this season. It really wasn't. I mean, it was whimsical and whatever. But it, was, it wasn't It was really my favorite movie. But if I'm listening to just what you say, like, you had a lot of really cool arguments. Just really cool yeah. ones. So I, I, I was prepared basically to come into this thinking that it was going to be a lot different than it was and I guess we'll see what happens but in this particular category your argument was just as compelling as King's and I, it, I find that very interesting because if I were to look at Dawn of the Dead I would definitely think that the production overall had a totally different slant to it so kudos to you but yeah I gave evenly an 8 alright alright so um let me. It's so funny because, like, I'm realizing, like, oh man, I need to add this to the to the uh, the tally board that I didn't add. Kids, don't don't do what I do. Okay, so that means with with both scores. Um, Josh got a 14 and it's so now it's 14 to 16 king. All right. So let's move on to 
um, storyline. So um, go, Jen goes first. Okay, so um, I'm gonna start with King first. King, I gave you a seven. I do totally agree with everything that you said. And I think that the argument was pretty, uh, it was actually maybe even understated. It was definitely a good argument, but I gave Josh a 10 because that was just too <laughs> damn good. two and, words, bam. Yeah, I mean, and just the gravitas that you did that with Josh. Awesome, so that's Thank awesome. You. So there you go, seven and 10. <laughs> All right. So um, with me, uh, this is how I voted. I gave King a seven. I thought he, he did a very good job, but I gave Josh a nine. Uh, that was pretty funny, <laughs> the storyline. I uh, admit it. That was two words, slam, bam, drop the mic, walk away. That was really well done. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you... You did you you did good there, kiddo, uh, with that one. Um, all right, so right now, let's see. Overall, uh, she's trying to make it nail biting by putting these scores up as we keep going. Yeah, it's twenty eight. Uh, King and then Josh, uh, he creeped up with. Uh, I don't know, a 10 and a 9 to my 7s, that should put them up ahead of me. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, remember, I'm adding them all up, so it's 33. To, so he, he got a, a 5 more. So it's 33 to 28. For Josh, right? Right, right. Yeah. Uh, overall, overall. Yeah. Right. Yep. No, it was... All right. That, that so, was a slap, and I got on that one. Yeah. And I just spent two minutes talking? Oh. <laughs> That was pretty. Yeah, that wasn't my job. Can I just say that being a judge is so much more fun than being in the hot seat? This is actually kind of cool. Well, you wrote yours, if I remember correctly. I did. Yeah. Yeah. You you wrote yours, and I was like, I'm just winging it. What the hell? (laughs) So uh, now we're talking about the cast. Um, All right. So I'll go first. Josh. you know, this is kind of funny because real talk, like the um, the cast for Strange Brew is way better than the cast for um, Dawn of the Dead, just on the level of talent okay. and notoriety. And um, but I really did like King's argument. Um, I thought King gave a pretty good argument, um, which was surprising because. I I took it as like a this has got to be a layup for you Josh, and um, I thought King did a pretty good job. And remember, he had to have a little bounce back after you know the last round. So actually, I gave Josh a six and King a seven. So um, not much so, of a bounce back. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he was trying to bounce back. So uh, what about you, Jen? What do you as far as that? Okay, so in this one, I, I sort of agree with you. I was actually kind of surprised by King's, uh, by the stickiness to which that argument sort of resonated with me. It was actually a really good argument. So I gave King a nine and I gave Josh an eight. Both, I do, th- I want to say though that I'm with you, Kinte. I actually think that Strange Brew had a stronger cast. Absolutely. But, but the, but your argument is sort of right on on par here 
when you say that the movie sort of gave those actors a chance to channel through some of those characters and they became almost an essential part of the story. So I, that was really good. I actually really agree with that. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so that lifts you up to a 44. And let's see, and Josh, who was at 33, got, what did he get on this one? Uh, he got a 14. So that gets him a, so he's at 47. So right now it's 47, um, 47 to 44. So you got a three point lead there, Joshua. All right, let's see if this lead will last. All right, so let's go to villains and uh, villains. Okay, all right, so that would be Josh. Oh, no, I'm sorry, be you. For be you. Oh, is it me? Yeah, yeah. you. Oh, my bad. Okay, so villains. Um, in this one, um, you know, I thought both of you guys made uh, compelling arguments, of course, but I'm going to sound like a broken record, keep saying that. But um, uh, I felt like Josh narrowly edged out once again. Uh, these are very close um, because uh, in my mind, in the movie, like... I always say like zombies make the worst enemies or villains, mm -hmm. but, but in zombie movies, like you said in your argument, um, it's really about the people. And I felt like you know Max Van Sydow, I just love him so much, <laughs> and I thought that um, I thought that Josh did a pretty good job, so I gave Josh an eight and I gave King a seven. What about you, Jen? Okay, so in this one, again, I was very evenly split because I hadn't really given a lot of consideration to King, your um, argument about why the villains were sort of important tropishly inside and out. There's the zombie threat, and then there's the threat from inside the group. And I, I, I think that that was actually really compelling. But again, very similar to Kinte, I have to say that I also was similarly moved by the villain stature that Josh pointed out, and I kind of agree with that too. So uh, this one is a tie for me too. It's eight and eight. Eight and eight. Okay. Okay. Um. Interesting. Okay. Um. All right. So that means that Josh got sixteen, and King got fifteen. So that means the overall total is um. Wait. 16 with Josh. Wait, I gotta keep doing all the scrolling. <laughs> you gotta use like an Excel sheet. <laughs> so that brings you up to 60, and then it brings you up to 49. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's not right. I think I did that wrong. All right, what did you get? You had, uh, yeah, 16. And 15, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so, okay, so he's at 63 now. 
All right, so it's a three point still a three point game, so it's anybody's game. Okay. Okay, so um all right, so now we're at um uh originality number five. So that's you, Jen. Okay, so in this one, um I th- this one it, it's still close, but I gave the upper edge to King Penguin and I gave him a 10 on this. Um, honestly, I hadn't even thought about some of the originality points that you brought forward, and I, it, they uh, they made so much sense. I mean, that there was something pretty uh, sort of overlooked even in what you said that I, I think was really important. So I, I gave you a ten for just a flawless execution of that, and but I also gave Josh a nine. There. First of all, for just being so hilarious, Josh. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that was just really super funny. Um, and the 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 idea that 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 Strange Brew has that kind of originality effect on anybody or anything is it, it was just really good. So yeah, you got a nine. By the way, Howie Mandel is Canadian, so. Right. <laughs> right. I know you use that as the argument, but <laughs> hilarious. Um, okay, so that's interesting. So, in this one, originality, um, J- Josh was very funny, but it's almost like uh, he kind of put his foot in his argument, though, because that funny storyline one, you said it's Hamlet, uh, Canadian Hamlet, so it kind of. It kind of was like that was great, and it gave you a big score, and I thought it was funny as heck. But then now you go to originality, and it, it kind of and you did acknowledge that too that I you know, which I thought was pretty funny, that um it, you kind of put a dent into your own argument. So um, I did give you a seven; it was very funny, um, and I gave King a nine. So because um, I, I thought King's points were very well done, and uh, so that, kudos to you guys. All right, so um, let's do the score. So, all right, so King is at 79, and Josh. Should probably be Wait. 79, I think, or if not, one point over. Wait, hold on a second. Well, you got a 19, right? So. Yeah, so you're at 79. And then Josh, what did you just get, Josh? I forget. I'm getting old. I forgot that. Uh, oh, 16. Yeah, so you're both tied now. 79 apiece. Yeah, that's yeah. what I figured. Okay. Yeah, 79, 79. Okay. Oh, it's down to like, the wire. <laughs> like the two Miss America finalists holding hands on stage. <laughs> you're wonderful, Josh. I think you're the greatest. It's okay. I think you're a whore. Okay, I'm going to have to oh. both of you. <laughs> Hilarious. All right, so here we go. Cultural impact. Uh, is it on me, right? It is. It okay. is, sir. Okay, so cultural impact. Um, interesting. If you would ask me before we got started which one had the more cultural impact, I would have said Dawn of the Dead just because, you know, zombies, Georgia Romero, and all of that. And so I would have, you know, I, I, I thought once again, it's a layup, right? Um, but I think Josh's point, which was funny, 
and it added something to it. You know, um, you know, it made me think, you know, that's true. Like I remember during that period of time, those characters were everywhere on commercials and it had a huge cultural impact at the time. And like, I really remember that. I don't know if Don and the Dead had that kind of cultural impact at, so, so it's the question is, are we judging cultural impact for when it came out or are we doing judge cultural impact for it's now in a way you can make an argument that maybe during its time, strange Brew had the cultural impact bigger because it was huge and people were, you know, quoting it and all of that. But then you can say that, um, Dawn of the Dead, I think has a longer impact and deeper one. And I thought you guys, you know, so it ba definitely, this was another situation where I thought it was a layup and it, you guys actually gave me something to think about. And so I actually, I hate, I try, uh, it just worked out. You guys both, I felt like you guys both got sevens. So it's a tie okay. for me. <laughs> okay. Well, for me, um, I I'm sort of in the same position that you are, Kite. Uh -huh. <clears throat> but I did actually eke out, uh, I gave King a nine. I uh -huh. absolutely agree with every single thing that you said, and it's completely relevant. So a nine was as, as big as I could give you, but Josh, I gave you a 10. I, I, again, Kinte is absolutely right. It's weird how Take Off became sort of the thing that I used to hear people say all the time. And it was one of the reasons that uh, I remember even beginning to watch the, uh, the stupid SNL little skits in the first place. So I, I feel like that was really important. So nine and 10. Nine and 10, okay. Mm. So 17 and 16 for this one. So it's gonna just be a one point difference. Yep. So 17. Plus, uh, what was it? Uh, 79. All right, so that means Josh has a 96. 95 and, for me. And you have a 95. I didn't even have to calculate. Uh, nope, one di point difference. All right, so once again, it's going to go down to the <laughs> last, last question. The last oh. So this is going to be interesting. I, I, I wonder if we're going to have to do a tiebreaker. Uh, we'll I, I hope not. I yeah. Hope not. So, uh, um, all right, final argument. So this is on you, Jen. So, uh, okay. So I, I gave this a bit of thought after, uh, just to make sure that I was feeling like, you know, I was good with what you guys said. And I have to say that the stronger argument is actually with King. There, there is something sort of to the phenomenon that is Dawn of the Dead, which sort of transcends a little bit. And I think you captured that pretty well. So I gave you uh, an eight on that. And then I gave Josh a seven also because I do feel like you're, you did make some really good points, but I think that the, that the stronger argument is with Dawn of the Dead. So those were mine too. All right. So um interesting okay so um let me do this hold on a second 
because this will possibly say who is the winner. So um, this was a very good like final argument on both sides. Um, I felt like um, I felt like you guys both gave um, great arguments. You know, um, you know. Look, both of these movies are very, very good movies, right? You can't go wrong with with either one. Why they're the top two, right? Right. And uh, and uh, sorry about that. I'm just trying to make sure I got this right. Um, so you can't go wrong with either movie, right? Um, they're they're both pretty awesome in their own rights. And, um, you know, it's like choosing, I don't want to say choosing between your child or, some, you know, some corny shit like that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, um, but it's very, very entertaining, both films. And my take on, on it is that, uh, that both of these movies are very good. And I, you see, I'm trying to like, Kill time so I can do the last. Give your score, damn it! Yeah, okay. We're gonna find out who's gonna win. So, <laughs> so what will kill you? After I give eleven. Josh a seven. I thought his final argument was really good, very well said, gave a lot to think about. But I did give King eight. So, um, so uh, the final tally. Um, is sixteen fourteen for this, and Kingpin Vin actually by two. Uh, the final score is one eleven to one oh nine, and uh, he uh, is a traitor. But uh, <laughs> you know, not a traitor. I just I like what I like. But you know what? Damn, Josh, you should be an honorary Canadian because you fought hard for that film and you gave it every kudos it needed. You you were bang on in everything you said. Yeah, I mean, this is one thing that was great about what Josh did was there were some times where I felt like he was at a complete deficit. No, and he he brought up all the good points that he you yeah. know he had them he had them. Yeah, no, that's I, I, got wor- I was worried there when you were doing the last thing. I'm like, oh, I, that's it, Don Dead's gonna lose. There's no way, no, because every argument that Josh gave was solid. With song and and when you when you can when you can win a category with two words, yeah, yeah that's I, amazing. I was I was kind of sad that you you kind of ruined it for him because if he'd let that sit there and go to the last two seconds and then say the two words, that would have been even more impressive. That would have been a ten yeah. to a four. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> use all those words. Look what he got. But, but <laughs> I think by giving the score because I didn't want to do it where. I gave somebody score based on what the other person did, just purely on their argument. And um, so, you know, versus, okay, well, I thought theirs were better or whatever. I just felt what each score was. And I'm pretty sure that's what Jen did. But, um, you know, honestly, I felt like Dawn of the Dead is the, to me, I like that movie better. Mm -hmm. Um, And kudos to Josh because, like, the fact that you were able to, when you had a clear disadvantage, like, but still were able to 
you know, because some of those things you should have lost big, big on just no, before. No, he was he was bang on in his arguments. He you know, was that's able what, to... what I'm saying is there were some like Cass. Well, Cass was one he should have won, uh, and he did, I believe. Um, but like some of those other ones where Don of the Dead clearly, I felt were the the, um, the better choice. You know, you did such a good job, and you were funny and absolutely. And all Kudos to you, man. Appreciate it. Josh, so, representing, man. Representing Canadians. Way to go. You, you know, if I if I could just add one thing. As somebody who's been in this position, Josh, where clearly the movie is not as well received overall, uh, where it requires a lot to sort of intellectually bolster some of the categories, it it's a tough job to be in. It's it's not easy. I really wait a minute. Are you saying I got the easy job? I'm saying that both of the movies that you chose to represent had a kind of built-in uh, popularity to them, which I oh, think made it easier to represent just a little bit, just a little bit. Mm -hmm. And yeah. but clearly, but I I think that the Strange Brew came in at a strong deficit, and because of that, it's amazing how close the score really was. That, that was, was two points. That's it. That, yeah, that's all it was. Yeah. There was a point too during it. Um, as I'm telling it up, I was like. I was like, oh yeah, Josh is gonna run away with this one. And then as it, you know, you pulled it out in the very end. So uh, you know, kudos, man. Kudos. Um, just to let people know, okay, so we're gonna come out with our season four list uh yep. pr uh pretty soon. I'll put it out on the website and all of that. I'm very excited. We're gonna do films from the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, uh, yep. each one of us. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very excited about it. I'm going to start getting the movies, getting ready. Uh, we're going to do a thing in the interim. Uh, we're not going to do it every week, but uh, the indie versus where we're going to put two films up against each other. And um, we're going to um, uh, talk about uh, how they stack up against each other. So that should be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and, you know, that's not going to be like a week to week thing. That's going to be like, you know, we'll do it every once in a while. And, but, and, and also, and also, and newer too. just so that I can hold your feet to the fire so that you don't back oh. out of it, because now I'm completely invested in this idea. Uh -oh. Kinte had the most awesome idea, right? To what was that again? To go through all of the Lord of the Rings movies and <laughs> give them what? Uh, I, I don't know if if us reviewing them is the right word, how about... Are you telling me the Ralph Bakshi films, too? No. That's the first one we're going to do. Oh, no. No, 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 I'm sorry. We're going to do Hobbit. That yeah, one. we're going to do the Hobbit yeah. first. We're going to do the animated one. version of the Hobbit first. Yeah, we're doing the animated yeah. version of the Hobbit. Then we're going to do... And, and I have never been so excited to be a geek as I am right now. So, yeah. Just hope that that enthusiasm flies through. I'm working on... I'm working on securing an interview with uh, J.R. Tolkien. So, oh, um, Are we going to do a seance? I'm so excited. Yeah, I have a medium that says that she's in touch with him. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, guys, get ready. What do you think of George R. R. Martin? <laughs> That's a great one. <laughs> hey, you know, if we, if we invited George R. R. Martin and he decided to come onto the show 
to talk about the Lord of the Rings. I would be so down for that. Okay. If you wanted to talk about the Lord of the Flies, I'm down with that. <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted to talk about Lord of the Dance, <laughs> right. I think it was pretty weird. Uh, um, no, I got to draw the line there. I'm sorry. Yeah, so it's been a great season. I mean, I really, to be honest with you, even the bad movies I enjoy on some levels. Um, I think, I think it wouldn't be a season without one or two films that were god awful. You hey, know, hey, I love you too. Right. Uh, well, I mean, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, was beyond the pale of that. But uh, I have to say, like, because you get a lot of guff about your movies, Jen. I do. But, but your movies fit what we're trying to do more than anything. So, uh, you know, burnt offerings and, and uh, also um, the let's car. death and the car are really cinema de fromage movies. So more so than the other ones. Um, and I know that you're going to go there. So I try to put in some, a little more entertaining ones. Uh, you know, Halloween three, you know, great movie. One of the greatest movies of all time. <laughs> you know, should have been in the final. I would have debated that. No Kubrick on this because uh, we're doing bad movies. So uh, I would love to, I would love to do like uh, Eyes Wide Shut review. That'd be uh, uh yeah, that kind of, no, that that was not cheesy. No, no, I'm talking about um, no. I said that we're not doing cheesy movies. Oh, oh, I would love to do an Eyes Wide Shut review. I would like to do one anyway because that's like that movie is amazing on so many levels. So that movie messes with my head every time I watch it. That movie is so deep on so many levels, and you know, uh, it made me it made me want to go to one of those sex clubs. Oh, hey. no, that, that's what made you want to go. No, but I, I wanted to be the piano player. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> if I could just be the piano player and let my my blindfold come down just a little bit, uh, you know, how do you yeah how do you get that gig? That's but anyway. Uh, yeah, no, great, great movie. But um, this isn't the uh, Stanley Kubrick show, so let's put a cap on this season. Uh, we're gonna start off with you, Josh. How can we get you in social media and all that good stuff? Well, you can always find me in the old Twitters at Skit Comic. And as a matter of fact, if you can put Skit Comic in a search engine anywhere, you'll find uh, Skit Comic. That's me in all different forms and formats. So skit comic S K I T C O M I C. And uh, you know, while I have your ear, I'm gonna go ahead and plug Semicore Studios. We do podcasts, you know, wrestling, Netflix. It's it's yes, it's what we do. In fact, Kente, you said you were gonna be on the Netflix. Yes, when when but you still haven't. Well, well, you haven't invited me yet. You haven't sent me an invite. Well, we uh when I say we, I mean I record on the last day of the month. Okay. So that the new uh, items coming out on the first for Netflix instant streaming can be in your ear holes on the first. So and that's a, that's usually a big drop day for Netflix. Like send me a thing saying like, "Hey, let's do it on this date." Uh, or I mean, I know it's the last, but just remind me, and I'm there. I'm there. And my condolences to you, Josh. Um, I know that it must be hard losing your quarterback, Nick uh, Foles. I know you love ja the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I'm a Texans fan, man. Uh, you're, you're, so send the right you're, condolences. You're, you live in Jacksonville. Yeah, but I was born in Texas. Not in Houston. No, but I hate, <laughs> don't like the Cowboys. 
Oh, I mean, I like the Texans because they got Deshaun Watson, but uh, you know, and then they got Laramie Tunsil, who you gotta love a guy that smokes his bong in a gas mask. But uh, anyway, so Jen, because Jen is like, uh, what are you guys talking about? Sports? Ew. Uh, Jen, I, how- I, I watched the foosball. Oh, you watched the foosball. Uh, <laughs> the Dolphins, fan. Dolphins this year. Listen, I'm a Giants fan. I'm used to sort of just, you know, the kind of masochistic every single year. Yeah, that's that's my life. So, yeah. The Dolphins lost the first game 59 to 10. So that far. was really sad. That was really sad. Honestly, it was almost as sad as the Giants losing again. Almost. Almost. They didn't lose 59 to 10. No, they did not. They still that, lost. I that's, mean, that's horrible. That's hard. forty. What nine points? Yeah, horrible. I, you know that game was so. It wasn't just. It, that was sad. That game was. If you really watched that game, it was just sad. It, it looked like, um, you know, how people reference the Keystone Cops. It looked right. like the Keystone Cops. It looked like the uh, the coaches were Abbott and Costello. So, they, yeah. they they were playing the Benny Hill music. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you remember Benny Hill? So bad. All right, Jen, Jen, how can people get you on social media? And hey, what's up, Nazim? Okay. And LA Wade in the chat. LA, you, we got You can find me on Twitter uh, at following Bliss One. And I did just redesign the website at moviesmakethemeal.com. And it's all set up for Halloween. I've got a big celebration for October planned. So join me. For Halloween three. Just to piss off Josh, yes. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I should play that music. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> All right, uh, you can give me... I love it, though. It's Man, I, you guys are on crack. For real, that movie is... Are you kidding? I love that bit. I hate the rest of the movie. That movie is, is way next-level great, you know? So I'm going to make... When I start having kids... They're gonna be watching it, okay? That's gonna be a must. That's like yeah. uh, they're gonna be like taken away from you by child services. You know that. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. All right. I so, guess officially child abuse it is in the books. <laughs> All right. You can get me on Twitter at Kente F. You can get me at Kente Ferguson on Instagram, and you can go to our website indieradio.org. Now. In honor of you winning, I was gonna play "We Are the Champions" by Queen. No, no, no! I do yeah. not need to gloat. I do not need to gloat. I don't want to. Uh, I, I don't the want satisfaction to of the film winning is satisfaction enough. I don't, I do. I don't want. I, I don't want them to take the uh, video down. That's the only reason why I didn't play it. So oh, we don't need to play it. Uh, it's it's good enough to know that it it did just well enough. Not, but, not great. It was a two point victory. That's nothing. But check this out, though. Being to congratulate you on your victory, um, we have your president, um, our prime minister, Justin Trudeau, uh, on the line. He's going to call to thank you. <laughs> is he going to go to blackface? Because that would be awesome. <laughs> uh, wait a minute. I, I, I can't believe, okay, so here I'm going to ask a question, Kente. Uh-huh. If the president had done something in blackface in the past, would mm-hmm. you be insulted by him if he was Democrat or Republican? Like, let's doesn't matter what party he's in. Let's say this is the party you, uh, let's say the party you you like. If mm-hmm. that person turned out to have done blackface in the past, would that change your opinion of him? Yes. Okay. It's one of the most racist things that, that exists, yeah. and it has me 
very horrible history behind it and people exactly. people know it too that's why yeah. like that's one of the reasons why i hate that movie tropic thunder because okay he knows well i don't want to get too far on that i'll wait till the after show but no i yeah. won't Okay. How can we get you in social media and all that good stuff? Oh, well, you know, you can go on to uh, Professor Psycho's movie madhouse.com, uh, the Unreal Professor Psycho at uh, Twitter. Though I haven't pronounced, uh, you know what? I probably will be pr- putting something out soon re- regarding what's been going on here. Uh, and so there you can get there. Other than that, I'm unknown. I do not social medialize because you know what happens when you put stuff out there? Eventually it catches up with you. Eventually. Right, right. So just put out good, compassionate, wonderful. Glad nothing. You just put That's out. Nothing. Comes back because well, you can't. This is why you have so much extra time to make winning arguments. Well, you know, uh, Zoe Zaldana is in trouble. Oh, what? Yeah, because she was in Greenface. <laughs> can't say. <laughs> All right, play us out. <laughs> Video surfaced of her and, and in blue face too. Now, now <laughs> I'm hearing the Benny Hill music. Uh, <laughs> All right, you guys have a good one. No longer valid. All right, now you guys have a good one. Night. Yeah.